welcome to Commander New. I'm your host, Eric. On today's episode, we're continuing our series that takes each of the five colors and breaks them down in depth. And today we're going to be covering the color blue. But before that, just a reminder, Commander New is part of the Nerd Chambers network of shows. For more shows and news about all things nerdy, head to thenerdchambers.com. So, like I mentioned, today we're talking about blue, the second color in the color pie for Magic the Gathering. And we're going to do the same thing we did last week and discuss the top 10 most played cards from edhrack.com. Break that down, talk about it, and discuss, and then go into Commanders. So, the 10th most played card in mono blue, or blue in general, is Arcane Denial. It costs one and a blue for an instant counter target spell. Its controller may draw up to two cards at the beginning of the next turn's upkeep. You draw a card at the beginning of the next turn's upkeep. So, very efficiently costed counterspell that lets that player draw two cards to replace the one they lost and get advantage, as well as allowing you to replace Arcane's Denial. So, this is not a counterspell I super love a lot, because you're giving your opponent two cards for their one, but because it's cheap and flexible, and if you use it to stop like a bomb of a card or a game ender of a card, it's definitely worth it to give them two cards in that place. It's currently played in approximately 18% of 220,000 decks. Uh, it's played in about 39,000 of them. Super solid counterspell. You can't really go wrong with it. You just have to really time when you play it because you don't want to counter a normal spell. Something that's like 4CMC that's not going to impact the game too much but hurt you now. Because again, you're giving them two cards which could be detrimental to your progression of play. The ninth most played card is Mystic Remora. This is an enchantment that costs a singular blue mana but it has a cumulative upkeep cost of one. So what that means is, at your first upkeep, you have to pay one or sacrifice it. Second upkeep, you have to pay two or sacrifice it, and so on and so forth. Its effect reads, whenever, an, um, well it says whenever target opponent, but whenever an opponent su successfully casts a non-creature spell, you may draw a card unless that player pays four mana to negate this effect. So Mystic Remora is an incredibly annoying spell. It's one of those, do you wanna pay for that? Do you wanna pay for that? Do you want to pay for that? Cards that can really accrue you a lot of advantage. It's heavily played in CDH especially because you're just going to constantly maintain tempo over your opponents, constantly have cards to be able to answer threats and things like that. And it only costing one blue mana makes it incredibly flexible and easy to splash into almost any deck that plays blue. It's played in about 39,000 decks, 18% as well. And for good reason, it's a solid card, and you can always choose not to play the community that will keep costs and just sacrifice it once you feel like you've gained enough value, or if you realize the table's not really playing that many non-creature spells. The eighth most played blue card is Ponder. It costs a single blue for a sorcery that reads, look at the top three cards of your library, then put them back in any order. You may shuffle your library, draw a card. So this lets you dig three cards deep, and if you don't like what you see, you can self-shuffle your library and draw a random card. Not really a whole lot to say. It's a, just a great draw spell that helps you smooth out your draws um, in early stages of the game. And it's never a bad card in a late game because you can always shuffle your library and replace it with another card for only a singular blue mana. It's played in 21% of decks, about 45,000. And for good reason. Again, it being one blue mana is very easy to play. Anytime you have low pips and low CMC, it's, it's just going to be an easy card to smash into any deck that has blue. And it replaces itself. Our seventh most played card is Negate, another counter spell that costs one and a blue, but this one just straight up counters target non-creature spell for two mana. 
So it's like Arcane Denial, but Arcane Denial hits everything and causes a bunch of people to draw cards, where Negate just counters target non-creature spell. This card's kind of meta-dependent and deck-dependent. Again, one in a blue is a great mana cost for it. It's played in about 50,000 decks, 23% of them. It's a great counter spell. People are going to play non-creature spells. A lot of combos are revolving around non-creature spells, and you being able to answer that for only two mana is incredibly powerful. Our next card is Swan Song, another counter spell for one blue, just a blue mana. Counter target enchantment, instant, or sorcery spell. Its controller then creates a 2-2 blue bird creature token with flying. A very powerful counter spell because it costs one mana and places their enchantment, instant, or sorcery with a bird. So something they were going to do to combo off or their own counter spell, they just get a 2-2 bird instead, which isn't really going to do a lot because we have 40 life. So Swan Song is very powerful. It's played in 51,000 decks, 23% of them. Only costs about 9 bucks. Get your hands on a few because I can see that card continuing to climb in price. Great counterspell. Not much else to say about it. Our next card, Mystical Tutor. Costs a single blue for an instant. Search your library for an instant or sorcery card and reveal that card. Shuffle your library, then put that card on top of it. Much like white, we have a tutor card in the top 10. And Mystical Tutors, any of the tutors are incredibly powerful. It being instant speed allows you to play it on someone else's end step right before you're going to draw that card anyways. And it allows you to get any instant or sorcery. Of course, you have to reveal it and put it on top of your library. Mystical Tutor is one of the cheaper, powerful tutors at $18. And in the right deck, it can search for up to half your deck and be able to put it on top. It's a very combo-centric card. Um, it can get you extra turn spells, anything like that. Tutors are just great to play and help you smooth out your gameplay experience. I recommend them, although they're pretty pricey. Our next card, another pricey card, Rhystic Study. This is an enchantment that costs two and a blue. Whenever an opponent casts a spell, you may draw a card unless that player pays one. Are you going to pay for that? 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 Is that annoying? Because that's what happens when someone plays Rhystic Study. Currently a $30 card, even though it's gotten a reprint this year. Rhystic Study is just very strong. Being able to draw cards whenever your opponent does something, if they don't pay an extra mana, which will add up through the course of the game. You're reverse ramping your opponent or gaining card advantage. It's played in 27% of decks, and I honestly think it would be played in closer to 40-50% if it weren't $30. I don't actually even have a copy of Rhystic Study. I think it's an incredibly powerful card if you have your hands on one. I recommend playing it. If they can't answer it, you're just going to keep accruing card advantage and eventually storm off for the win. All right, we're now in our top three. Number three is another one mana blue card, Brainstorm. It's a blue mana for an instant. Draw three cards, then put two cards from your hand on top of your library in any order. Again, this lets you dig three deep and put any two cards from your hand, not just from the three that you drew, any two cards from your hand back on top of your library. This card also has some interesting combos with different commanders, but we can talk about it another time. Being able to manipulate the top of your library is also important in certain strategies, depending on your commander. And also being able to dig three deep is just great. We talked about that earlier with Ponder. Being able to see what you're going to draw and manipulate what you're going to draw is incredibly powerful because you can find answers or find combo pieces quicker than your opponents can. And currently Brainstorm sitting at about 29 cents because it's had a billion printings. Get yourself some. I just bought like five to make sure I have enough for the rest of the blue decks. I'm eventually going to build blue plus other colors, of course, not mono blue. Played in 29% of decks, which seems low to me because it's a singular blue mana for 
great effect, but to each their own. Our second most played card, Cyclonic Rift. It costs one and a blue for an instant return target non-land permanent you don't control to its owner's hand. For the uninitiated, that might not seem that bad, but Cyclonic Rift has an overload cost. So instead of paying one in a blue, you can pay six in a blue to overload it. When you do that, you change the word target to each. So instead of reading return target non-land permanent you don't control to its owner's hand, you return each non-land permanent you don't control to its owner's hand at instant speed. All of their artifacts, all of their enchantments, all of their planeswalkers, and all of their creatures return back to their hands. The only thing they get to keep are their lands. Cyclonic Rift essentially resets the table, not counting yourself, to the Stone Age. Cyclonic Rift has won and lost me countless games because it's that powerful. It's talked about very often when it comes to potentially being banned, it's that strong. I personally don't think it's banned, but again, to each their own. I only play it in one deck because it's very oppressive and that deck's a bit stronger, so it makes sense to be in there. I play higher power level cards in stronger decks. It's about $20 because it just got a reprint, so if you like the sound of this card, I definitely recommend picking some up now. It's played in 85,000 decks. 39% Cyclonic Rift is very powerful. Your table's going to be very salty even when you play it, but it's a good card. Finally, we're on to our number one most played blue card. This probably isn't a surprise to the initiated Magic players. It's Counterspell. Costs two blue mana. Blue, blue. Counter target spell. That's all it says. So for two blue mana, any spell on the stack, for your choice. You can counter it. We've already talked about the strength of counter spells. Even the ones that are more niche or more narrow. This is the creme de la creme of counter spells. Literally, counter spell. It's about $2. It's played in 94,000 decks. 43% of them. Again, that kind of surprises me because any blue deck I have has a counter spell in it. If you're newer to the game, I recommend picking yourselves up some of these. There's tons of different arts, tons of different printings, foils, judge promos, J spellbook. Get your hands on a counterspell, play it, it can save you games, it can annoy the hell out of your friends. It's a great card. So after looking at the top 10 most played blue cards, we see counter magic, control magic through effects like mystic and mystic study, and the ability to draw cards. Those three things are very powerful. You can slow your opponents down via counter magic or things like Ristic Study and Mystical Mora, or never run out of gas by drawing a ton of cards. And we only talked about the top 10 most played blue cards. There's actually about 20, 25 cards that are played in about 10% of blue decks or more because blue has access to a slew of different counter magic and draw magic and control magic that makes them such a powerful color. I don't personally love blue by itself. I love splashing it with other decks because they allow me to combo or have access to different cards that I couldn't normally play. But blue is strong. It's also one of the more complex colors because countering something isn't always that simple. There are repercussions. Did you counter something because you could or because you should? Those are things we can talk about in a future episode because we're not going to discuss the intricacies of playing control magic, although an episode like that would be fun. Another thing you may have noticed is there were no creatures in the top 10 because blue's not super heavy on a creature-centric strategy, obviously. So if you like punching people with creatures, there are blue commanders that can do that, but you're better off looking at other colors. Now that we've broken down the top 10 most played blue cards, we're going to talk about the top five most played commanders, starting with number five, Azami, Lady of Scrolls. She costs 
Two blue, 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 five mana for a legendary creature, human wizard, a zero two. I know that seemed bad up front, but hold on. Her ability reads, tap an untapped wizard you control, which can be herself, draw a card. We've talked about a few times how powerful the ability to draw cards is, and being able to tap any wizard while she's out to draw a card is strong. Ideally, what you're gonna do with the strategy is play your wizards, play a zombie, you don't really need to attack because that taps your creatures unless they have vigilance. You wait until the end of your opponent's turn after you've blocked or dealt with them, tap all your wizards, draw five, six, seven cards, start your turn with 12 cards in hand. You probably have a combo that can either devastate the board or win you the game there. Blue has a ton of ways to generate infinite mana, to draw your whole deck and win when you have no library, to make your opponents draw their whole deck, take infinite turns, whatever it is. And being able to access those faster is a powerful ability. A zombie is only about 99 cents, and frankly, Wizard Tribal is pretty cool, and you can build it in a non-oppressive way and just actually do cool wizard things, and her art's pretty sweet too. I've never played against an Azami deck. I think she's awesome. Check her out. Our fourth most played blue commander is Baral, Chief of Compliance. He costs one and a blue for a legendary creature, Human Wizard. His power and toughness is 1-3. Instants and sorcery spells you cast cost one less to cast, one generic less. That doesn't affect the blue pips. Whenever a spell or ability you control counters a spell, you may draw a card. If you do, discard a card. Yeah, Baral decks are not fun to play against. Commander games already take a long time. And having to work your way around a Baral deck whose goal is to counter most, if not all, threats is tough. Some people like to navigate those intricacies and those tough moments. I personally don't mind. It's annoying, sure, but removing Baral makes the deck a lot less threatening, but good luck removing Baral. I would talk to your player before building this one because sitting down across from a Baral deck, you know it's going to be a long one. Our number three most played commander is a newer card from Throne of Eldraine, Emery, Lurker of the Lock. She costs two and a blue for a legendary creature, Merfolk Wizard. She's a one-two. This spell costs one generic mana less to cast for each artifact you control. When this card enters the battlefield, put the top four cards of your library into your graveyard. She has one last ability. You can tap her and choose target artifact card in your graveyard. You may cast that card this turn. So Emery is an artifact slash grave matter commander. I mean, there's tons of combos revolving around sacrificing artifacts, returning your artifacts, recasting your artifacts. That will probably need another episode to get into artifact-centric strategies. But this card is very powerful. The fact that you can play her for pretty cheap because she reduces her own cost is great, especially if she dies. That can kind of get around having to pay commander tax and constantly keep your commander on the battlefield so that you can keep comboing and controlling and dominating your opponents. Also, her art's pretty sweet. I was a big fan of the Eldraine block. Our second most played commander is Talrand, Sky Summoner. It costs two blue-blue for a legendary creature, Hulk Wizard, four of the top five so far are wizards. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, create a 2-2 blue Drake creature token with flying, and Talrand himself is a 2-2. This card is sweet. I run him in one of my decks that's revolved around instants and sorceries, and yes, I know normally blue is revolving around control magic, but you can do other things with this and just play a lot of like the Ponders, Preordains, Serum Visions, Brainstorm, to constantly draw cards and create a 2-2 in addition to it. So if you think about it, we'll talk about Brainstorm like we did earlier. One mana, draw three cards, put two back on top. Now that reads, one mana, draw three cards, put two back on top, and put a 2-2 flyer 
onto the battlefield. Tall Rain can get very out of hand very fast, and while one 2-2 flyer is not a big threat, 5, 6, 10, 12 start to become a threat, since flyers still can be troublesome for certain decks in Commander because you don't usually build around controlling flyers. Tall Rain's an awesome card, awesome art. I'm a big fan of him. Highly recommend him because he's a pretty easy build around, and him himself is only 35 cents, so check him out. Lastly, our number one most played blue commander, he's not a wizard, it's Urza, Lord High Artificer. He costs two blue blue for a legendary creature, human artificer, he's a 1-4. When Urza, Lord High Artificer, enters the battlefield, you create a 0-0 colorless construct artifact token with this creature gets plus 1-1 one, one for each artifact you control. So if he's by himself, he's a 1-1, one, one. you play another artifact, he becomes a 2-2, two, two, etc. That's not all Urza does. He has another ability that reads, tap an untapped artifact you control, add a blue to your mana pool. It's pretty good, because you can tap that construct to get a blue mana back, or play a bunch of zero-drop artifacts that are now mock sapphires that can tap for blue. And I know that seems like really strong, but Urza has one last ability. You can pay five mana, shuffle your library, then exile the top card. Until the end of the turn, you may play that card without paying its mana cost. Urza is insane. This card's insane. When he was printed, everyone knew he was insane. He got out into the wild. Everyone realized he was insane. With the exception of one Urza deck that I've seen, Urza is very hard to not be a broken commander. Urza creates an artifact with himself and turns every artifact into a blue mana rock, which you can then use to pay into his ability to get cards for free from the top of your library, which is cheating a mana cost, which is one of the strongest things you can do in Magic the Gathering. Also because his strategy is typically artifact-centric, there's a lot of synergies, like Unwinding Clock, which untaps your artifacts every turn, and if you're playing with four people, that's four rotations. So that allows you to use Urza's ability on each of your opponent's turns. Urza's currently 40 bucks. That doesn't stop people. He's got more than almost double Talrand Sky Summoner's amount of decks. He's busted. He's a very strong CEDH commander. He's an incredibly, incredibly strong casual commander people are going to remove this card when they see it. And if not, you're probably going to win. He's that strong, iconic blue card from Modern Horizons. There's not a whole lot else to say other than Urza's insane and try him sometime if you want, but just be prepared for people to target you in response. So looking at the top five blue commanders, we see a lot of wizards that have a lot of power and one of the strongest creatures I've ever seen printed in Magic the Gathering in Urza. Blue is strong, guys. I'm not going to beat around the bush. In my opinion, it's the second. You're tied with the second strongest color. We'll get into those other colors in the next couple weeks. Control magic, drawing cards, all of that jazz combined with some incredibly powerful creatures that can synergize with all that, like Talrand or you have Urza who can benefit off your artifacts and cast stuff for free like extra turn spells and just go crazy. Flicker himself to create more construct tokens that can just start punching everyone in the face. Blue strong. There's a stigma though with blue, and that's people usually like to target the blue player because they don't want to have their stuff stopped and they don't want to deal with all that, which is fair to a degree, but remember guys, and I've repeated this almost every episode, at the end of the day we're playing a game. It doesn't always matter if we win, unless it's CEDH. It just matters if your deck got to do its thing and you had fun. That's going to do it for blue guys. Not a whole lot else to say other than... Uh, it's an oppressive color with powerful commanders and a lot of fun build rounds. Again, Commander U is part of the Nerd Chambers network of shows. You want to check us out? 
head to thenerdchambers.com to meet all my other dope friends that make content there. And that'll be it for Color Comprehension Blue. Hopefully you guys got a little bit of knowledge this episode. Next week we'll be covering the color black and all the shenanigans that they can get up to. But until then, you guys stay safe, and I'll see you next week.